0: Hey, Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to D6 Minutes, the Dice Over Everything podcast where we roll a die and talk about a topic for that long, specifically about wargaming. So let's get into it. This is uh, a new year. We've got a lot of new topics that we want to talk about or new things on our minds. Um, so what is your first question?
1: So I think we talked about this in our New Year podcast and decided to try and cram it into a couple minutes. Uh-huh. Uh, I think the question is, what game you're excited about, something new to play in 2021 that you haven't really played much of before or at all?
0: Okay, I'm going to roll. Six minutes.
1: All right, excellent. We, we wanted a nice...
0: All right, I'm going to fucking cheat and say Frostgrave 2. Oh, yeah. But I will say specifically the mission set from the technically it, it came up before um actually i would be even the new one that's coming out now the red king it's the first campaign for frostgrave 2 yep it's a demon campaign um i would i'm most looking forward to playing that
1: how many games was it, it
0: i have no idea it hasn't come out yet it's red out. King?
1: oh so it's just rumored
0: it well no it's 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 uh mentioned and it's going to come out but they haven't you know got the details. Basically okay. we have the cover, we have it's the general breathing. idea. It's about basically a demon who is come to try to take over basically Frostgrave. Kind of like the the lich king, right? Except it's a demon now who's
1: invading. Interesting that that tells me what sort of monsters maybe I need to get building.
0: Yeah, so that is uh for um Frostgrave 2. Um and I'm kind of cheating because we played one game of it uh, last year, uh, but we really haven't played it at all. Right. And that is, I'm, I'm hoping that, and I'm feeling like it might become my favorite game in this new year, but we'll have to see, especially in that campaign mode, right. That's the greatest way to play it. And then you have everyone come in and, and um, you know, demons, demons, fighting demons uh, to save Frostgrave seems fun Okay. and hopefully take
1: over. All right. Oh, yeah. well, maybe you'll go back to that. So, hmm. I guess we won't see the beast for that for a while. Cause you get to build a bunch of beast models for that. I think it'd be kind of entertaining to build some non I think I have
0: a lot of like inhuman guys, Yeah. Um, but we'll have to see if they're, if they're much more specific in the, in the book, right. About what kind of demons
1: yeah, because I assume day, if you just build a demon army, you'll be fine. Oh, if you build a whole demon army, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. The base bestiary only has a couple demons. Like they, they won't appear in big numbers. Mm-hmm. There's yep. imps. There's vampires. There's uh, there's there is uh, a demon
0: book with like not a full ten ten person mission. Yeah, um, I think with uh, some centipede demons and some pig demons and some fat decaying man demons. Um, but that's basically it, right? So yeah. we'll see how what these new ones is. I, I assume it's going to be more traditional demons, but we'll have to see.
1: Yeah, usually the monsters in that game are more traditional.
0: Yeah, it's basically, uh, apparently, um, the creator, Joe McCullough... Um, he creates monsters because he has miniatures for them, and he's like, oh, I want to use these. So <laughs> it's like, oh, I have just bought this really cool model. I've got to put it into a mission so I can use them. And so that's why.
1: Yep, well, I don't want to be too tempted with that. Oh, So I think if I wanted to try a game next year that I've never played before to go for totally new, mm-hmm. I think I'd want to try out Warcry Catacombs.
0: Okay.
1: Just, GW managed to get a good skirmish game because every single other one of their small games that I've given a quick try has been like, eh, no thanks. Yeah. I know you were thinking like Necromander would be neat, but just from reading uh-huh. the rules, look at the mentors. You,
0: you, oh, you found the rules? Send them to me.
1: I think just reading about how the rules work.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. I'm not. I'm not encouraging, um, what do you call it, pirating, mm-hmm. but I'm not not encouraging pirating. I mean, if you play the game, you should
1: buy the book. <laughs> but if you don't play it,
0: I mean Yeah, no you, you gotta take a look. Yeah, exactly. It's just like in modern day, you can't borrow
1: someone's book to take a look.
0: Now you have to just find, you know, you digitally borrow it. Yeah,
1: like for Osprey, if you bought two copies of the rules, I oh, bought so
0: many copies of that game, yeah.
1: Yep. And like I've bought the Infinity rule book, even though I don't think i am ever going to read the rule book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because there's a wiki and everything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um Yep. Uh, so Warcry, Catacombs. So this is like, it's not exactly new, new. It's it's like, you could say it's almost like an expansion to the original Warcry. So the original Warcry was a bunch of demon cults and Catacombs now is, is spreading out and trying to make Warga- War Warcry more about all the different races and factions.
1: In the Catacombs. Yes, yeah, so there's more of a variety of armies, not summoning little demons as much, it looks like
0: there's no like it's not really summoning demons it's like you're you're all of the armies are cultists right yeah well not all the main armies in Warcry originally were cultists and it looks like catacombs now they're doing their all the armies are not cultists they're just like little warbands of each of the different factions
1: mm-hmm. yeah so i've seen some let's play videos of it it looks more like a skilled down war game where you just have more triggered abilities who knows? Yeah,
0: I I didn't really enjoy my like demo games, um, but
1: who knows? Maybe maybe
0: maybe you'll you'll think it's decent. Maybe. <laughs> all right, all, all right.
1: Six minutes on that. Thing. Not quite.
0: Nope, not quite, man. You got oh. one more minute. Tell me more about Warcry. Why why Warcry?
1: I think I think we go harken back to my love of the skull aesthetic. It's like, ooh, could have could play with this, the demons covered in skulls. Okay. I think the aesthetic of it slightly appeals to me more than things like kill team. Uh-huh. That. So there's probably okay. that part of it.
0: That's fair. I, I, I do know I do think Kill Team should have went further in creating a new game. And I like the fact that Warcraft did. I just didn't like the game they ended up with. I like I like their their um their desire or their willingness to take risks because Warcry is nothing like it age of sigmar i just don't like the risk they took i don't like the end product so i laud them for that and technically it is very simple so it's easy to, to get it easier to get into but i feel like the choices they made were not the right choices to make okay. the game as good as it could. that's all all right but you try it you should definitely try it and tell me
1: mm-hmm.
0: tell me what you think we can have a whole podcast about it
1: exactly.
0: all right So that was, now that's six minutes. So uh, next is mine. Okay, so what would you consider is the most important in terms of story? Uh, The faction story, faction stories, uh, the world history or specific unit stories?
1: Two minutes. All right. So I would say it's the world history to me.
0: Okay. So like if you just have a good world history, you don't. it's not as important whether the factions are more fleshed out or the um, specific units, heroes, like the knights or whatever. Like, it's, You just want the general like – you could call it world aesthetic, right? That seems more important.
1: Yeah, because when I pick an army, I want to pick it. I think this might be my personal choice. Just pick it based on its look. Oh. Uh-huh. So, you know, if their particular story sucks, that will not stop me from purchasing the army.
0: <laughs> as long as it looks good.
1: If the whole world's fluff sucks, uh-huh. I just gonna ignore the fluff of the whole game. Uh-huh. If it's a story
0: there's like, like there was a magic bunny who uh, got a wish from wishing on a star, and they wished a whole bunch of little men to go and fight in miniature worlds, when all the little worlds, after they fight, they go and turn into ice cream, and the bunny eats them you're less likely to play on that. Even if each of those factions that turn into ice cream are fully fleshed out.
1: Yep.
0: That's, <laughs> that explains
1: why, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Just wondering. Just, you know, just... Uh, okay.
1: okay. In particular, do you, Which level do you care about more? The the unit, faction, or world level?
0: I was going to say faction, but uh, I think you sold me on the world
1: thing. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> that maybe the world's actually more important. I thought you were um, might-
1: down further and say you want to buy individual models to cool stories. Then, right.
0: No, I think the faction because when you play a war game, you're generally thinking about um, at the faction level of of who you personify yourself as as this group of, of ragtag people. So to have them be more uh, detailed, I think is. I'm not saying obvious. I feel like all of those things are important. Actually, the least important is the units because you know when you're creating it with war games, you literally are creating the stories of the individuals, right? but oftentimes for the factions that group that you're playing uh, to to make you feel like it's a real thing it needs to be fleshed out but that's a good point like technically you do, you might just want pretty things and you do, you want the world to make sense for where these battles are happening right there there to be a history so there's like almost something worth fighting for as opposed yeah, to a specific kind of, faction
1: when, yeah when you play your games it's kind of like you're making up a story for your army so, not yeah, so technically
0: yeah that's right that you could you could just make up your own fluff for your faction and your units if the world is good. So that's fair. Okay. So cool. you sold me.
1: All right then, those are two.
0: All right, last
1: one. Okay. So just speaking about some stuff from our last podcast again about just putting in long hours of painting. Mm -hmm. What would your top suggestion be to people about maintaining good ergonomics for painting?
0: Okay. One minute.
1: Oh, we have another topic after this. Good chair.
0: (laughs) It's good chair. Good posture. Number one. So many people hunch over, it's terrible.
1: So you paint on terrible chairs from what I'm aware of though.
0: Yeah, but ergonomics in terms of uh, setting your table the right height, so a lot of people will have their their table too low Mm -hmm. so i guess technically it's not the chair it's the ergonomics it's it's being able to keep your back not super curved and sitting in the wrong posture which like twisting yourself so that you're like hunched over like this it's it's that's the worst and so so, as long as so when you paint your chair your actual quality like your comfiness of your chair as long as it's the right height towards your table for painting which is not the same as keyboards it's not the same height no, it's not. Um, yeah, if, if you don't have that, you should put a, a phone book or something on to paint. On.
1: Yeah, so that's, that's exactly what I was gonna flush it out to. Like, they don't make phone books anymore, but just get books. Because you want your elbows to be angled at a downward level, and you probably, if you're right-handed painting, you probably want the, if you're holding the model in your left hand, uh-huh. you want the model up closer to your head height so you're not hunched over, as you said, but you need your arm to fall at a more natural angle. So if you mm-hmm. put books on the table and you paint on the top of the books, it means your arm, your elbow can rest on the table at a more natural angle. Mm-hmm.
0: Where, your,
1: where your miniature is raised. raised yeah. You face it height. So I think that's, yep. That's the key. So, put so, books so if
0: you have a lot of old uh, rule books for let's say 40 K or some old editions, use those. Then it's even like hobby themed. Yep.
1: So there All you right. go. We're, we, we agree on that one yep All right. We need another. Oh my God. This could go very long.
0: <laughs> no, no. We only have one more to do. I know.
1: Oh, I know. This one can't go over.
0: Oh. Okay. Like what? Are, well. Okay.
1: You want me to go for one, or do you want to go for one?
0: You go for one, because technically the other, the two, I, I realize are basically the same. So.
1: Okay. Well, it would have helped if we switched these two around, but we do not use an airbrush very much. Uh huh. So we're pretty novices so any tips help on this one but what would your top tip be for using an airbrush
0: 6 minutes
1: holy shit
0: this is like the build. least useful we, we had, I don't know anything about airbrushes my <laughs> top tip is to go onto the internet and find people that know what they're talking about no not on the internet go for a lesson yeah go um, for a lesson with it. people uh
1: the you know, tips that I found online were pretty crap.
0: Yeah, and it's a lot harder because um, you know everyone's airbrush is slightly different, and um, and it's just harder to go to go and and learn all that stuff on your own. And I feel like in terms of consistency of, of fluid and, and keeping your airbrush like level and, and having that paint level correct, it's actually harder than learning how to paint normally because you know you, it's a machine now that's doing it, right? Whereas you
1: know, you know it's a lot when more parts, hand, a lot more.
0: It's like it's a lot know. more automation, and you it's a lot harder for you to dial up up and down with an airbrush. What is right and wrong? Yeah, less than vis- it is for painting.
1: It's less physically intuitive because there's all these like, yeah. settings on it. Whereas, yeah, and to change yeah to change those
0: settings takes a while, and it's it I feel like if you go for a lesson they will sit there and help you figure that out. Whereas if you're trying to learn it on your own, I'm, I'm still not there. Like I freaking suck at this, right? Because yeah, you don't and really so, go to
1: airbrush around anyone else ever.
0: Yep. And so, uh, yeah. So the, my number one is go take a lesson with someone who's good at airbrushing and learn how to
1: use it from someone else. Okay. So I guess to build on your point, I've learned in the few times I've airbrushed around other people to learn from. Mm-hmm. The first thing I learned from other people was taking a seminar with Angel Geraldes, one of the people who, guys who does a lot of painting for Corvus Uh Belli's studio models, Uh that I'm like, oh, how in the world do you clean out the cup of this airbrush? So he just showed up with a giant like pot, well it wasn't the pot, but he probably just has this giant pot, Uh he's using a water jug, it says all the convention center had, Uh and just to clean out the cup of the airbrush. I mean, switching paints, you would just take the entire airbrush and dunk it underwater and shake it around and then pull it out, and that would rinse out a lot of the gunk that would be in the cup because just mm. turning it upside down will only get so much paint out of it. Yeah, a whole airbrush underwater
0: into water really need to get the paint out of the cup. So, your number one thing is for cleaning your thing,
1: just, dump it in never, there. Yeah. You would never, I don't think you'd ever think of this if you yeah, had true. to do it. It's just, it seems insane to dump this whole machine yeah you're
0: worried about doing it but then actually the entire thing is supposed to be clean and it's supposed to shoot uh you know paint through it so it totally makes sense yeah it's it's all stainless steel
1: and it's all full of liquids and paint anyways Mm -hmm. what's the big deal about putting the outside of it underwater okay that's a pretty good tip learned in person for cleaning it out and doing Uh that effectively the other in-person thing was make sure you use actual airbrush paints. Cause a lot of people will say, Oh yeah, this paint can totally be airbrushed and the paint might actually be crap for going to the airbrush.
0: Like you can technically do it, but you would never want to cause it's such a big pain.
1: Yeah. Cause like just how, I don't know that much about how the pigments have to be more finely ground about the type of binder that goes into it. Mm-hmm. More about the other additives, but mm-hmm. airbrushing with real airbrush paints is much better than not airbrush paints. That's yeah, It's like a- just easier yes it just does not clog the airbrush all the time Mm -hmm. and you don't know what in that line like maybe some of the paints from a line are good to go through the airbrush and some aren't Uh just won't know until you just start getting a giant headache from that
0: okay um that makes sense um i actually have not much other experience so i I like the fact that i i cheated and said just go take a real lesson um Mm -hmm. which apparently you did. So, you know, you followed my advice. I have not followed my own advice. That's probably why I still suck at using an airbrush. Um, Do I have, and and you kind of combined all of those things into one. So for me, a runner up is, I wonder if I have any runner ups on on using an airbrush. Oh, yes. I have a second cheating one. Don't use an airbrush. (laughs) It's so expensive. And I think you can get, so much like it's obviously there's obviously a lot of good strengths about airbrushing there's a lot of speeding up but you can get so much of what you can get out of an airbrush with just using big brushes like if you use big brushes a lot of what you can do with an airbrush you can do with just brushes and a lot of people that start out um look this is, this is why I'm saying, because a lot of people that start out using airbrushes, they're, they're saying, oh, you know, it'll speed up my painting. I can do things faster, you know. And, and, and it's one thing using an airbrush to get effects that it's much harder to do by hand. It's another to say, oh, this is for speed. Because, like, literally the speed thing, big brush, and then clean up so that you, there's not too much paint on it is literally, like, in some cases it's faster, right?
1: yeah well, unless, have
0: you have, unless you have the giant car airbrushes, right? Uh But at a certain level, like it it can be definitely faster, right? And if you're going to get like different sizes of airbrush that you can do the fine work when you're doing it, like spraying that kind of stuff, plus the bigger ones to do it, like you're spending thousand dollars or more to be able to get all those airbrushes to do it. And so if you're thinking like, is this actually worth it? Just get, just get a cheap, like giant brush. It does so much of what you're doing and you don't have to worry about your, 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 your lung health and your, uh, I don't know all your entire fan up and you can do it inside. Like, there's so many benefits of just using the big brush. That's a cheating answer. Second cheating answer I've got for this this thing. All mm-hmm. about cheating today.
1: Yeah, well, since we basically used up the six minutes on this, I would say the airbrush is not as useful as a lot of people make it out to be for twenty-eight to thirty-two millimeter guys. Yep. Like, I'm just like, no, this isn't. This isn't necessary yeah oh
0: especially units right because for vehicles it makes a lot more sense because you want yeah. those like smooth gradients and they it actually is a lot faster to you know spray those yeah. those kind of lights airbrush
1: is actually good for big stuff not for small stuff yeah. that's why what...
0: yeah like how are you going to spray these small things even with your small things so yeah totally oh there we go I'm just line them up we still we have... did it even though we are both airbrush noobs
1: yeah we gave no real deep things we just Here's, here's what you really don't want you to did say
0: first advice right what's the what's the best first advice, advice to get a real person yes yeah.
1: second advice here's what we learned from our my minor training
0: that <laughs> you shouldn't use an airbrush for a lot of things <laughs> uh all right um so yeah that was our uh d6 minutes uh a few good topics a few interesting things um we're looking forward to playing Frostgrave in the new year after the stupid pandemic is over. So yeah. Yep. If you have any uh, questions that you want us to answer, any burning desires, even joke questions, you know, you want to troll us, go ahead, ask those questions.
1: Yeah. And clearly we'll answer things we don't know anything about too.
0: Yeah. We, yeah. We don't care. We're not getting paid. So yeah. Give us a shout. Um, that's it, right? Yeah, it is. All right. Okay, done. We're at the end. If you want to uh, reach out to us, you can find us on Facebook at Dice Over Everything. Uh, Join our group at Dice Over Everything Group, or you can email us at contact at diceovereverything.com.
1: Yeah, and if you want to see what we're working on, you can go to diceovereverything.com. So, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye.